What's new, Taylor Willis? Well, Travis, uh, we're having a late season cold snap here in Florida. So it's like 50 something degrees this morning. And uh, that's uncharacteristic for the Sunshine State this time of year. So that's what's new. Did Nate, did Nate get to you? Did big weather, like his big weather got its claws into the other side of my podcast somehow, and whoever is sitting across from me on the mic has to give a weather update? Is that what this is? I don't know, but it's just an easy topic of conversation. Like, it's an easy what's new, especially when two days ago it was like 80 degrees. Let me ask you this. Have you been hunting since this weather got fired up? I haven't. Uh, Saturday, it was like sustained winds of over 20 miles an hour. And I'm just not even going to bother. <laughs> yeah, it was screaming. I, in fact, I was, I was hanging out with some fishing guide buddies, and they were they were complaining pretty hard about the wind as well. I mean, it's just not good for anything. Right. No. It's beautiful. Emily has been taking her hammock out in the. Um, I can pick on her because she's not here. <sighs> Emily's been taking her hammock out in the backyard and hanging out in it, literally. And this is beautiful weather for that. Oh, for like sure. If you want to go, if you want to go lay in a hammock under an oak tree, that's perfect for that. Absolutely. But the, uh, <laughs> I, I'm making fun of her because I bought her that hammock like two or three years ago, maybe longer ago than that. And it sat in storage for a couple of years. And she, she was like, we need to get a hammock. And I'm like, we have one. So it, it was a little bit ironic for me this weekend that we set the hammock back up. Anyway, Taylor, I have been on your podcast, I think two or three times, I think three times now. Three times. Officially yeah. three times. Three times. And um, this is your first appearance on Cast and Blast. First, but hopefully not last. So uh, just tell folks a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I'm 31 years old. I've been born and raised here in Florida. I love to hunt and fish. And uh, I like to share my experience with others because I, you know, I don't really have any other, uh, any other hobbies. I'm pretty much, I work, I hunt, and I fish, and you know, a few other things, but, uh, I want to share those experiences with others because I want everyone else to be able to enjoy this outdoor lifestyle just as I do. So your podcast is called hunt fish, Florida, and they can find it wherever podcasts are sold. If you're new to podcasts, podcasts are never sold. They're always right. free, <laughs> but you can subscribe on any of the services. Um, and I would highly recommend you go listen to me talk over there because why would you not want to listen to more of me when you could, when you could when you could do that, right. but uh, I will give you, I will give you heads up. Taylor's podcast is excellent. <laughs> I think you guys said, I, Taylor, I think you told me early on, it's like you wanted to be like you guys sitting around BS and by a fire, yep. but you do, you do use language that maybe yeah. kids in the car may not want to hear. So it's stuff we've all said and all heard, but just, just fair warning going into it. Um, maybe drop the kids off at school. They're all marked off, explicit. <laughs> yeah. They turn Taylor on. Um, no, that's awesome, man. Now, I don't know if you know this. Do you know what your cue is right here? What's new, Travis? The beautiful. <laughs> so you've already moved past Emily and Nate in understanding how the, the programming is supposed to work. Um, first, I should explain Nate's hiatus to those that have just jumped back in. Or Have you noticed that about podcasts? That like people, they'll listen for like three to five to ten episodes, and then they won't listen for like six months, and then they'll listen to like a bunch. They'll like go in burst. Have you noticed that on yours? Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that, um, I'll go through little hiatuses where I don't post. And sometimes some of the episodes that were, you know, now down at the bottom or way up here. And I'm like, Whoa, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> we, we had a week, a few weeks back and we had thousands of listens that week and we didn't post any content. And it's like, are y'all that desperate for something to listen to? Or is like, there's some 
part of me wondered if there was like some uh rupture in the force and like some some <laughs> shop in india had figured out how to garner like garner like clicks off of our podcast or something <laughs> Um, so Nate, Nathan Henderson is usually one of our co-hosts. My wife, Emily Thompson and Nate are usually our co-hosts. Um, Nate last week told me we had moved our recording night to Tuesday night so we could move our podcast to Wednesdays. And Nate had to take a class for his job. Like he's getting a certification or something. So, and that's taking place on Tuesday nights. So this, this derp, cause there's no other better word to describe him in this moment. <sighs> he texts me, he texts me on Saturday morning, I think Saturday morning or Friday night and says, Hey. We're going to be a Polk County. Now he lives in Atlanta. He says, we're going to be a Polk County tomorrow. You want to record a podcast? And I'm like, what the heck, dude? Like you go on hiatus and then you're even in my own living room to be able to record a podcast. <laughs> Unfortunately, because usually, usually when Nate's in town, we will like bend heaven and earth to make it happen. Cause we just like to ha- hang out with him. Like right. re- more than anything else, we'd like to hang out with him. But, um, we could not go. So this is my other what's new. First, Nate is on hiatus for a few weeks. So Taylor is the first of hopefully a series of guest hosts that we're going to rotate through here and we'll see how this goes. Um, but <laughs> the, uh, will, so will turn 16 last week. Will formerly, formerly of the two minute will fame. I think when we started the podcast, he was 10. And did you ever listen to any of those first couple of episodes, Taylor? Like where his haven't. little squeaky voice was on there. Okay. No, I don't. Haven't. <laughs> terrible. But you know, we were trying to break the ice. So we had a segment called, uh, the two minute will like the two minute drill in football. And we would have will come on and just ask us random questions. And he had this like little chirpy squeaky voice. And now he like has a deeper voice than me and you combined. It's <laughs> it's freaking awesome. But we took him indoor skydiving for his birthday. Have you ever se- have you seen this thing? I It's like a big wind tunnel, right? It's exactly what it is. It's a big, massive, gigantic wind tunnel. <laughs> And you basically like they turn this fan on that's pointed up and you kind of just fall into it. And there's like a a mesh, I don't know if it's a wire or what it is on the bottom. There's something down there to like hold you. And then there's an instructor in there with you. And they I mean, they take you and like you'll float 25, 30 feet up in the air, and then they'll bring you back down. It, it's pretty freaking cool. Like it's cool. So they had a they had a lot of good time there and um they both had a good time there. M and Will both did it. I did not. I sat out. I don't know if I've ever said this. I have a little bit of a claustrophobia thing. Heights don't bother me, but um, helmets, enclosed spaces, they, I, I can, can deal it. with them, but I really have to psych myself up to deal with them. Right. And if I don't have to, I'm not going to. So, I, I feel like the simulator is the only way that I would ever go skydiving. Like, There's no possible way that I'm ever jumping out of a perfectly good airplane to do that. N- no. I don't really... Honestly, claustrophobia hits me a little bit in airplanes. Really? Like, I used to fly a lot for, for work, like right. a lot, like thousands and thousands of miles a year. I don't like being in airplanes because I don't... <laughs> It, it, maybe it's just the control freak tendency. Like I don't like the idea that someone else is driving and someone else is in control of this whole thing. And I can see it. Hey, yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of flight or anything. I love water. I'm not afraid of water. I'm not yeah. afraid of being underwater, which funny enough, Will and I were talking about, cause Will's a little bit of a thrill seeker. We talked about on the podcast last year, we did a Springs run and he jumped out of this really tall, like 30 or 40 or 50 foot tall tree into the spring. And, He's like, I never mind doing anything in the air, but I don't really like doing stuff in the, like he doesn't mind jumping in the water, but he doesn't like scuba diving or that sort of thing. But he'd be fine jumping out of an airplane. Me, on the other hand, I have zero problem with depths and water, right? but I have zero interest in getting out of an airplane. Yeah, I can, whatsoever. I can relate. 
I can relate. No, we didn't. We did not introduce you fully appropriately. Now that I'm thinking about this, you're married. I am. Yes. Um, to much to the chagrin to any of our female listeners, except for your <laughs> wife. Um, what's your wife's name? Chelsea. Chelsea, and you guys have been married about two years. Three, just past three, three years. years. Yep. Okay. Yeah, you just had an anniversary. Yep. And then, uh, most importantly, you have two dogs. Is that right? Two dogs, correct. Yeah, I have a black lab. Her name is Arrow, and she'll be three in August. And I have a bloodhound. Her name is Cypress, and she's uh, she turned one in January. Now, are you working on blood trailing with Cypress? I have a little bit. Yeah, I have done some with her. Um, I don't kill a lot of deer, and I also don't have the desire to like answer phone calls and go chasing all everybody else's deer. So she didn't get the opportunity to try it in real life. But yeah, I have done some some work with her. What about Arrow? Do you hunt with her at all? No, I don't. Um, I lost a lab. Um, I didn't lose her. I had to put her down. Oh. It'll be two years this summer, and uh, she was my first ever duck dog, and it just really wasn't the same after that, and then uh, this dog is kind of like attached to my wife, so I just, it's it's better suited not to. All right, here's the real question. Do you spell arrow like bow and arrow like A-R-R-O-W, or Correct. do you spirit, spell it like the clothing store at the mall, A-E-R-O? No, A-R-R-O-W like bow okay. and arrow. <laughs> Just checking, because if it was the latter, um, we were going to have to hang up and like start this whole thing. I don't even I know what that it. store is. So. <laughs> okay, good answer. Good answer. I do, because Emily used to work there a billion years ago. Oh, okay. I, that's why I knew that one. Um, okay, what, oh, before I get into that, I have to do an ad. Um, for our good friend Fletcher Hall. Have you ever spoken to Fletcher Hallett? Um, we have done some messaging, but never, never over the phone or anything like that. Good dude, right? Yes, definitely, definitely good dude. Nine zero four three one five five eight one two. If you need insurance, he's. I think I mentioned this last week. He's rewriting our home policy. Our home insurance company went out of business. That tends to happen sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah, I, that was a first for me. I, I did actually not realize had the same happened. thing happen not too, like I don't know a year or two ago. Yeah, it was kind of like, hey, by the way, on this day, you don't have insurance anymore. Sucks <laughs> yeah, to be you. Right. Also, go find a new. And also, by the way, we're not going to refund your money for, for because we liquidated. So, like, you've paid for your insurance through September, but you don't get that money back. Sorry. Sucks to be you. <sighs> yeah. Just, and on ours, it was like every day you don't have insurance. You have to pay X amount of dollars because we're paying for in It's something weird. It's just like, yep. wow, there's no time at all. No warning. <laughs> so we got our home insurance wasn't through Fletcher, not through any other reason other than we just hadn't had him quoted yet. Like we've got other policies right. through him. And so we get that in and our, our current insurance agent sent us a quote we spun that right around and said, Hey Fletcher, like this is the perfect time for us to move, migrate, do what we tell people to do on this podcast every week. Right. Um, his quote was not only lower. He like Emily mentioned this last week, he went in and like did research on the companies on their financial viability, how, how they like his experience, how they play pay on claims, but also like, are they solvent? Are they going to go out of business anytime soon? So we don't have the same situation. Right. Uh, got us back a great quote that actually is going to save us a little money every month on top of being a better insurance policy. So if you haven't reached out to Fletcher, please do 904-315-5812 or you can email him F Hallett at Hallett ends.com. I'm not going to make you sing the song. I'm not going to you sing the song. I'm not going to sing the song. There's songs. If you want to go listen to other podcasts, you can find Emily and Nate probably singing this song. 
So let me tell you what I've got going on in the world. And then as a special gift to your first time co-hosting this show, uh, we are going to bring back Keep and Release after Emily last week, like, bemoaned it. So Let's do it. Here, here you go. So a uh, couple of things we got going on is we are talking in my home county, Polk County, about the Polk Forever referendum. Um, Adam Bass, our friends at Conservation Florida, have helped kind of lead the charge on that, some local folks. Do you know what this is? Um, no, I've seen you post about it, but I have no idea what it is. So it's essentially, I'm, I'm, I'm going to explain this as well as I understand it, but a millage tax or millage rate tax is like a, is a, so a two mil tax is a, you pay two cents per thousand dollars of your home value to your okay. county. Okay. So in our county, the average home value with is 150 grand. And if you had homestead on it, it's 125. So it would cost the average homeowner about $30 a year in, okay. in taxes that would go to the county. Uh, aggregate over the next 20 years, that would raise $300 million. That's a lot of money. <laughs> that's that's significant. That's I mean, that's roughly the same money that the state has funded rural and family lands program for this year. So that's a, that's a significant conservation funding dollar total. Yeah. Um, and... Putting lands into into easement or into fee simple, less than fee simple purchases, like th- you're talking about, you could write the face of the land in my county with three hundred million dollars for quite some time. Right, for sure. To the point where you might could finish what it's going to be, like at the rate Florida's growing, um, the the executive director of Conservation Florida, her name's Tracy Dean, and we we did an interview with her a couple years ago. But Tracy one time said, I forget the year, but she said we got like five, 10, 15 years to determine what Florida is going to be. And yeah. at that point, all the land is going to be spoken for. Oh, yeah. Like as far as what's going into easement, what's not, what's what's in a park, what's in a WMA, what's in a, a, a national force. It, it's pretty much going to be fit. I mean, I'm sure there will always be negotiations and shavings and everything else at the sides, but we're going to decide that in the next five to 15 years. So now's our chance to kind of seize the day on that. So Polk forever. Um, the County commissioners here voted three to two to allow it to be on the ballot, but we don't know what that language is going to say yet. So I'm all in on this super supportive of this with one caveat. Do you know what that caveat is Taylor Willis? And I've, I gave you, let me say in Taylor's defense, I gave him no heads up that we were going to talk about this. Like I'm hitting uh, yeah. him completely blind. Uh, my guess your caveat is that it's got to be for consumptive use. I want some kind of protection in there for consumptive use, for hunting, for hunting access. Um, there, there's been a little bit of pushback of, well, you didn't push back on Florida forever for that. You didn't push back on this for that. You didn't push. Well, I can't fight every battle around the state all the time. But Polk but, County is home. <laughs> yeah. And if we get the chance, like why wouldn't we want consumptive use in there? That's right. Um, and let me, let me caveat it with this too. If you have 50 acres, you're not going to allow hunting on 50 acres. If you, if you put that as just a little connection between, you know, a a park and a soccer field or whatever. But if you, there's some threshold there where you can look at a parcel of land and say, you know what, this could allow for two guys to turkey hunt a year or, or one deer, three guys to squirrel hunt or one deer to be taken off of it or whatever. And as we're growing, we need to remember I'm saying we as Floridians, not we as sportsmen, because this is one side where I'll, I'll go to the other way. We need to remember 
that one of the things that enables the use of land to stay wild is sportsmen. Like that's an important uh, buffer. One of our fights with RHAs and restricted hunting areas is people don't want you hunting in their backyards. So if you're allowed to hunt there, maybe that will deter some of the building along lakes that would. So, because people don't want you hunting in their backyards. I mean, this, this is this thing. It's kind of a cyclical logic, but um, it's definitely an important we want the lands, we want the lands protected, but we want the lands protected so that we are also protected. And I say we, I'm talking sportsmen here, but really, in my mind, that's a that's a Floridian's protection. Sure. Like that's a, generationally, Floridians all hunted, 100% of them. Generationally, like, all Floridians had some connection to agriculture. They sure. all had some connection sure. to hunting, to fishing, right? Tell me I'm wrong. No, 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 you're right. Yeah. So that is my only concern with it on the Polk Forever thing. And um, hopefully we'll see the language on that this week and we can have some influence over what both the ballot language looks like and the and the language in the referendum itself so that we can and may we lose, but we're we're dang sure trying to sure. to get it done. And if if they want sportsmen on board, we need to we need to have a little bit of protection in that in that conversation. Uh, I know that uh, Manatee County and Sarasota County both did similar programs. In fact, one of our listeners is now on the the board for Manatee County to nice. determine what to do with the land, which is great because we want people like him out there. But uh, he, when the, when the referendum passed, there was no mention of how this was going to be if sportsmen, the protections for sportsmen. So a lot of people stood around and said, Oh yeah, sportsmen will get plenty of access here. But then we turn around in Polk County and, you know, historically you're not, I don't know that you would even be old enough to remember. Did you guys ever hunt Circle B when it was a quota hunt? Circle B no, Reserve uh-uh. in, in Polk County? So it was a quota hunt, and through some fault of hunters, but also through some some movement by the environmental community, primarily movement by the environmental community, they shut down that hunt. And it was a quota hunt, and it was fan-freaking-tastic. Like, just murder the ducks, and they were every species under the sun. Right. It was a great hunt. Um, and... We're gonna we're gonna close down hunting there, but you're gonna get this over here, or you're gonna get that over there, or you get. And the reason we close down hunting is something we hear talked about a lot these days, which is perceived safety. And I'm like, I, if we want to talk about perceived safety, we need to go talk about gun rules, gun laws, and sure. no one wants to have that conversation because right. they're all Republicans. <laughs> by the way, everyone that we're talking to about this is a Republican. So. Right. Anyway, um, just kind of watching this, kind of giving you guys an update on it because it's a thing I'm working on pretty hard behind the scenes. But um, we're 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 watching it. We're we're cautiously optimistic, but we're we're also kind of digging our heels in a little bit as far as we need to have some sportsman's protections there. Second thing that is on my list for this week is um, we're recording this on Monday. It's going to drop on Wednesday. The Florida Wildlife Corridor is having a summit. Are you familiar with the Wildlife Corridor at all? I mean, I've heard about it, but not not too much. It's the idea that we're going to connect the the avatar animal they use for it is like a panther or a sure. black bear. Yeah, sure. But it's the idea that we're going to connect all of Florida through green infrastructure. So just like you can take roads to get from Pensacola to Miami, why shouldn't a panther be able to take green greenways from Naples to Jacksonville. Yeah. Like, and sometimes we in the, the sportsman community get wrapped a little around the edge because like, we're like, 
yeah, but we need a bear hunt. Like <laughs> we hear the word bear and we fixate on this single issue. And I don't disagree that we need a bear hunt uh, managed well somehow in the state. You and I have talked at length about that yeah. on your podcast. Yep. But the other side of that is um, habitat is habitat. And if we have those greenways, those connected greenways, it's better for genetic diversity for all populations of wildlife. Like sure. it's better for deer. It's yeah, better for course. squirrels. It's be- I mean, it's better for everything because it gives them a range to expand. It's definitely better for waterfowl. Um, the other kind of conversation in that is that that group, the Wildlife Corridor Group, awesome people. I really like them. It's Carlton Ward. It's Mallory Dimmitt. Um, it's the Path of the Panther people. Right now, they talk heavily about ranches. And obviously, I'm a big fan of ranches. I'm a big yeah. fan of private land, Absolutely. public land. I, you know, I advocate for both. Yeah. But... Um, as they talk about it, I feel like sometimes the conversation is about ranches primarily. And I think part of that is because that's where the most ground that can be made up now is because the public land has been written as I was talking about a minute ago. So big Cypress national preserve is part of the wildlife corridor. You know, the however many hundreds of thousands of acres that are down there. Sure. So you don't really have to advocate for public land in it the same way you advocate for private land in it because the ranch is just north of there. If you can get easements on them, you can protect them into that that ecological greenway. Sure, sure. So there's a reason they kind of shift and lean more towards private land. I just want to make sure, going back to the Polk Forever thing, the Polk Forever land, like when they look at land to purchase, they're going to look at corridor-sensitive land. Does it, right. does it fold into a wildlife corridor? Well, I don't want us as sportsmen to be left behind in these conversations because we have the, basically the framework that the green, that the wildlife corridor is built on is the framework of national forests, national preserves, national parks, state parks, and WMAs. Sure. All okay. public land is what, what is the, the basis for the wildlife corridor. And then we kind of infilled it with, with other, other connected tissue, if you will. Sure. So, um, I'm excited. That's going to be a three-day conference. It's the first sure. one they've ever done like that, and it's invite only. I was really fortunate to have some friends there and got an invite, um, and and so I'll be I'll be over there for the next few days, uh, hanging out with those guys. And Where's gals. it at? It's in Orlando at the World Center Marriott. Okay, familiar. Uh, yeah, it's it's used to be the big hotel before uh, yeah. Gaylord was built. Now <laughs> right. Gaylord's the big hotel. Um, so I'm excited about that, but I'm excited to see you know if even in hallway conversations we can we can continue to influence because they've been super receptive um with, with with me with us with sportsmen like they've wanted to work with us they want they recognize kind of what i just said um so i'm just hopeful we can continue to kind of further that kick that ball further down the field and 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 hopefully have some more influence in the future and then the last thing i want to tee up before we get to keep and release is um thank you to everyone that is signing up to join all florida like I'm kind of I'm kind of surprised, like because we I, I said a, I said on our last podcast, or maybe the one before that, we're having trouble getting our hands on our on our member gifts because and I don't want to steal from my release, but there's a lot of supply chain logistical issues. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like, you go and you buy a thousand hats or not a thousand hats, a hundred hats, and you sit around and you wait for. What used to be a month, now you're waiting eight to 12 weeks to get them. I don't know where you found 100 hats at. I had a hard time getting 15 the other day. <laughs> right? Like, it's just it's just a thing. So, thank you to everyone that's joining. Um, we have, you know, member levels ranging from as much money as you want to give us down to $5. So, 
there's no reason not to join. But if you do join, just understand we will get your your member gifts for whatever level you choose out as quickly as possible. And um, we do have we do have some sweet fishing shirts so far. And we're trying really hard to get the store stood up. I don't know if I'll get that done this week with the wildlife corridor stuff going on, but I'm really trying to get it stood up. Anyway. That t-shirt um, though, bro, is fire. Straight it's fire. It's dope, isn't it's it? The Camo Florida, the fire, old school bro. Camo Florida. Yeah, that's dope, man. Good. That, yeah. I'm, big, big, good job on that one, man. That was a, that's I, a killer shirt. I'm wearing extra large, ideas. by the way. Okay. We'll make that happen. <laughs> I, I've had two good ideas on shirts ever. One is that one. The other is the Florida flag with all the spaces oh, for sure. that we, that we fish and hunt, yeah. like all those like local names to them. Yep. The one those that got stolen from ideas. you. Yes. The one that real <laughs> legends now produces. Yeah. Um, all right. Taylor, do you, do I need to lay out the rules for keep and release or do you understand? I think right? I got it. I okay. think I got it. So we always do releases first. Okay. So I'm going to let you go first on release because you always do the bad thing first. Then you can sure. end on a high note. So I'm going to let you go first on release. So my release again is related to the weather and I'm going to release the wind because like you said, it's not good for anything. You cannot hear turkeys gobble. It makes it tough to go fishing. The water's rough. You got to use more weight to keep contact with the bottom. It's hard to cast. I mean, it's just, there's nothing good about the wind except for, I guess, flying kites and hanging out in hammocks. So my release, the wind. It also makes it dirtier. Like oh the yeah, wind for sure. Just stirs it up. Chops that it can up. sometimes be a good thing depending on where you're at. That could, that could, that could be a good thing, but there's not many positives in my opinion from the wind. Have you, have you been fishing lately? Yeah, I fished um, last Wednesday, actually. I'm able to get out during the week. I'm one of those guys. Um, it wasn't that great, but I, I have been fishing. When you go fishing, like like if Taylor says, I'm going fishing, do your friends know that you're going saltwater or freshwater? Um, some or of is that, it just 50-50, like it, a wild guess? I pretty much, to be honest with you, I really only freshwater fish for specs really anymore. I mean, I do have some buddies that are pretty heavy into the bass tournament thing. So I actually have gone bass fishing recently, but for the most part, I fish saltwater. Yeah. Okay. That's, I, I kind of had that impression of you exactly down to what you just said about specs too. Yeah. Like if you're going to fish freshwater, you want to catch groceries. Yes. Yeah, every now and then me and the wife will go out in the summertime and catfish at night or something. But yeah, pretty much the only freshwater fishing I do is, is mostly specs. So I'll order fishing primarily inshore, right? Yeah, I mean, I love to offshore fish. I just don't have a deep enough pockets to own my own offshore boat or anything like that. <laughs> Huntfish, Florida is not a billionaire driver so far? Mm, not like yet, not. not yet, but we're gladly taking donations if anybody wants to. <laughs> if anyone wants to turn it right. into a billionaire yeah. uh type proposition yeah you would gladly take that for sure so i teased my release a second ago and that is supply chain logistics because part of it is our own like selfish have you ever seen like the studies that say like kids now have less attention span than kids 20 years ago or 30 years oh, ago because sure. of machines yeah for sure so i'm always like super resistant to that i'm always like oh that's not going to be me like I'm, I'm not going to fall prey to that but here i am I'm complaining about supply chain logistics. And the reason I am is because used to like, like pre pandemic, I felt like Amazon had gotten to the point where you could order something in the morning and there were days when it showed up like that evening. Oh yeah. Like, oh, like you, sure. you get a knock on the door at eight o'clock and it was like, Holy crap. I ordered oh, that sure. 12 hours ago and it's here. 
and now it's like we've gone backwards. Like in society, we don't in usually some, go backwards on stuff. Ways, and we've gone yeah. backwards. In some ways. And so you you mentioned hats, or I mentioned hats, and you mentioned them too. Um, I found this company that does these really cool retro vintage camo hats. Yeah, the old school and I'm one, like, right? Yeah, and I bought like I bought like 10 of them. And I was like, let's just see how these look. Let's just see what people think of them. And people freaked the F out. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they went off the deep end over these oh, hats. Yeah. So I sent the 10 I had out, minus the one I kept. I sent the 10 I had out to like the first 10 members we got, or nine right. members we got. Went back to the website thinking, oh, you know, at that point, I think we'd picked up 10 or 15 more members. I'm like, oh, I'll order 25 more hats. They there were gone. Any. Yeah. They were gone. So I call them. And she's like, well, we, we, we ordered, and I'm making this up, but it was something like we ordered like 5,000 of those thinking it would be enough for three months. And it got us through three weeks because no one has hats right now. So oh, everyone yeah. is desperate for hats. Yep. And so we, we, I was like, all right, well then we need to fix this and we need to figure out how to, but it, it makes you have to really think through like, we've never been a place to stockpile a hundred hats. We're like, right. like you were talking, what'd you say you ordered 15 the other day for hunt fish? Yeah. I think I actually ordered 20. Okay. And you sell those on your website, but you'll also give them away to occasionally do a buddy. I give most or, of them away to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Hats, hats are almost like a, an advertising yep. thing in this day and age. Yep. Matt Pierce, you know, I run hunts with Matt Pierce. Every time I see Matt Pierce, he's passing out P one cattle hats. And, then all of my friends, for whatever reason, are posting his hats on their social media. That's not something that I want to release and makes me better or anything. But, <laughs> but no, you look at hats as almost like a loss leader. Like you, you throw yeah. a little bit of money at them and then you give them away. Or you yeah. sell them. If you can sell half of them, you can break even on it. Usually is how it works. Yeah, basically. Um, so anyway, I ended up ordering a hundred of these these vintage old school camos. So oh, whenever so they you come in, them. I need nice. you guys. Yes. Well, no, they're not going to be here till the first or second week. Of, I feel like May starts on like a Tuesday or Wednesday. And so they'll be here like the following week. They'll be That's here like May That's not that bad. Or That's not too bad. Yeah. So if your mom, if you're looking for something to get your mom for Mother's Day, maybe you can get her all Florida membership and a hat. There you go. Like win-win. Yeah, for sure. But the, the logistics thing is just, I'll say small business guy, nonprofit guy, whatever. We're both, we're both hustlers. Trying. And it's just, it's a, it's a wrinkle we used to not have to deal with. And I'm, I'm complaining about it kind of tongue in cheek, but also seriously, because it's, it, it is a thing you don't really think about. Like we want to launch four shirts a year. Well, I have to start working on the summer shirt right now because yeah. the logistics of getting shirts and my, my screen printer is like, um, I ordered some, uh, some shirts for like board members to wear to meetings, like polo shirts. And she sent them to me and she's like, these are the three colors they have in stock. And there were like 20 colors to choose from. There are only three that were in stock. So I said, okay, let's go with this one. And it was like the black or the charcoal, like the, the, the generic neutral color. She's like, they're out of stock already. And this was like 24, 36 hours later. Yeah, that's <laughs> insane. So it just, it, it kind of creates a little bit of impulsiveness that I'm not used to because my attention span was changed by Amazon delivering stuff the same day. I'm used to <laughs> when you need something, you should just be able to go get it. Right. Right, I'm with you. Um, all right, let's do let's do keeps. I'm gonna go first on keeps so that our guest gets the last keep because that's all how right. we like to do this. Well, how gentlemanly of you. Yeah, hopefully my keep is not the same as yours, but I don't think it will be. But I'm gonna keep high end photography and photographers. I am <laughs> I am a big fan of I'm a big fan of storytelling. Like you and I've talked about that some. Yeah. Um, 
on your podcast and and just off to the side like in our conversations yeah but i'm a big fan of storytelling uh that's part of what we do through podcasts is we try to tell stories yeah and we try to do it i'm, I'm looking at taylor you guys can't see him but aside from there being a bow and a and a uh looks like a spear gun behind you he's yep. talking on a high-end microphone and a he's got a uh was it was that thing called that you're an arm like a mount yeah what it's a, a boom mount a what, boom mount what happened here okay now i can see you again for, sorry yeah i disappeared for a second i got a call <laughs> while you were while you were talking so a boom mount um i know that you've got a g- good piece of equipment for recording yeah, you've got yeah. A, you edit and all this stuff so you you put an investment into making your podcast sound good Yes. So that when people listen to it, it's pleasing to their ears. Like you're trying yes. to produce quality content. Correct. For a long time, like I've always appreciated wildlife photography, but also storytelling photography. Yeah. And our, our we have a mutual friend, Alex Sturgill. Yeah, he's like he's fan- my boy, man. <laughs> yeah, a- Alex. Um, what his 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 Instagram is Alex Sturgill, but he also yes. has what is it? Go Outdoors Florida. Is that he it? does? Yep, yep. He has okay. that as well. Um. Alex came down during duck season, took some photos with us. Incredible stuff. Uh, R.C. Gilliland, who yes. I've interviewed before, he's a he's a fishing guide yep. in Sarasota, who is also pissed about the wind. If you ever want to commiserate with him, <laughs> but R.C. Um, came came with me during duck season a number of times and took a bunch of photos. And he actually, him and Mike Martin came down to one of Matt Pierce's ranches last last week and took photos of caracaras as they. I saw that as they disc the field. I did not know this until like a month ago, but when they disc a field, caracaras, which I thought always were buzzards, like right. I thought they only ate basically dead stuff. Right. They will follow the tractor around, and I mean follow it around. Like the tractor can drive through them, and they'll like hop out of the way like turkeys, and then they'll hop right back behind it. That's crazy. Like they get immediately behind the tractor yeah. and the disc, and they will pick up the grubs and insects and whatever and, right. and eat them, and they... Matt said one day last week there were a hundred of them in his field. I mean, they That's were just insane. everywhere. We didn't have that many. I think the biggest like group we had together was like six or eight. And there were probably multiple groups around the field, but it was, it was pretty neat to see. Um, but I'm just, I'm really impressed with the story that you're able to tell. We all walk around with a 12 megapixel iPhone or yeah. whatever the thing is these days. Right. So we are all able to take photos and really cool stuff. Yeah. But there's still something about that high end camera. Yeah. Yeah. And for the sure. eye that those guys develop from yep. taking so many pictures and it's the insane. story you're able to tell through their lens. It's neat. Man, yeah. it's just, it's incredible. And I'm leaving some Eric Orlando, Justin, sure. Schreck, John yeah. Brown, all those guys like Robbie Lusa. All those guys take incredible photos and they've let us use them for all Florida for our social media. Yeah, that's great. But it's just it's just something else, man. I'm 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 really I did not recognize like I can post on my own Instagram feed, like on all Florida Instagram feed, and I can I can post their pictures for three days and then go to drop one that I took with portrait mode on an iPhone and it's <laughs> not even remotely like the best picture I've ever taken is not even in the ballpark of the average picture those guys take and it's I know just the feeling. so freaking impressive man yeah for sure like how do they how do they make them all look so good all the time yeah, i don't even We're, the the control the, the the cameras just got so many buttons and and things that you can control i don't even know where to start and you have to like understand what each one of those aspects does i shoot on auto so you know 
Right. Like, like there's, you could change so many variables. There's got to be thousands of combinations oh that you could yeah. click on a picture. Yeah. And that's before you even get back to your desk and open oh, yeah. Lightroom. Right. And I'm pretty sure none of the guys I just mentioned have taken photo classes. They've uh, all kind of learned through, through, well, Alex may have because he's, he I think, does yeah, it. I think he went to school for video, but I mean, yeah. he, he, uh, his photography is, I mean, I know he's been shooting photo for a very, very long time. A lot of those guys that get on YouTube now, they, they right, go find the, right. how do I do this? And right. they, they take off with it. And man, it's just, it's just so cool. The other thing I've noticed is like, Eric is so good at dogs. Like that's the, I don't want to pigeonhole him, but Eric has always been the dog photographer, Eric Orlando. Like, right, like right. He's it's always Daisy or, or Remington times. or whoever, his, his old dog. Like it's always that dog coming back, retrieving. He gets down eye level with the dog. And yep. it's always so good. Um, as RC's getting into it, you see him really, really developing an eye for just wildlife in general, right. like deer, turkeys, sure. ducks, whatever. Um, one of the things I love that Michael does that, that Alex does too, is they're really good at incorporating people into their, their photography. Right. So it, it becomes almost more storytelling because you're able to incorporate hands and you're able to incorporate bodies and you're sure, able to incorporate sure. like vehicles and things like that. And so just as you watch that team kind of, I, I call them the team because I love all those guys. Yeah. But as you kind of watch them, they all have like their little different style to where you could start to look and say, Oh, that's RC's photo. Oh, that's Mike's photo. Oh, that's Alex's photo. But they're all freaking awesome. Oh yeah. They're all just so freaking good. So I'm trying to put together a, uh, a, and you would obviously be included in this, but I'm trying to put together a content, a, a creative content summit, if you will, where we all take a day, probably looking at, at May, June, July, where we all take a day and get together someplace in central Florida, a bunch of those guys that are con content creators. And we see if we could collaborate on some stories to tell um, around the stuff that we care about in Florida, be it through video, through photo stories, through podcasts, whatever. Like how can we use our collective? I read a book. You got I the hair on the back of my neck standing up. Yeah. Like, this it, is, it gets, this me, it gets is, me jazzed. Yeah. yeah I'm, get, I'm jazzed up right now. <laughs> I read a book and I won't go way into it, but it's, it's about this thing called the Shirky principle. And it's this guy named Clay Shirky that he's a professor at NYU. Okay. And he, he's diagnosed this thing called the cognitive surplus. So a few weeks back when you and I did a, I talked about cognitive dissonance. Yes. Cognitive surplus is the idea of all of us have some capacity with some skill set, And so I can, I can work on this, let's say for four hours or $500 worth. You can work on this for two hours and $200 worth. Alex can work on this for 30 minutes or $50 worth. But if we could, pull all that together. Could we work on it for a collective of 500 hours and right. a half million dollars worth? Yeah. Like, like what does it look like then when you, when you pull your resources and everyone can pull in the same direction? And so cognitive surplus is the term that's kind of been given to that. It's not, it's not a new thing. Like that's the idea that churches or, or rotary clubs or Elks clubs or anything like, like uh, compounding magnitude of, of, of effort. But I, I'm just, I'm kind of fascinated by that in the space that we live in. And I'm fascinated by it looking at the wildlife corridor and Path of the Panther and some of the stuff that Carlton Ward and those guys do. We sit in a very pressed place in a very special place. We as sportsmen, as sure. conservationists, as outdoors people. And so how could we tell those stories to bring that more to the mainstream to maybe enter the, the conversation outside our echo chambers? Because we have no problem going to Florida Hunters Network and getting sympathy <laughs> 
for how many hunters are out there, right? Yeah. Like like everyone is is oh, there's too many hunters in the woods. But when you step back and look at data, that's actually the opposite of the problem. But how can we raise the bar for sportsmen? How can we raise the bar for conservation, for agriculture, for fishing, for all these things that we care about? And so I'm thinking if we could get some folks in a room together, maybe we could bring some whiteboards in and uh hammer this hammer this bad boy out. It's a yes for me, dog. Just let me know. I figured I figured it was a yes for you. I didn't even have to ask you. Right. All right. You get to wrap us up. So you get to you get to tell us what is your keep, Taylor Willis. So my keep is gonna be springtime in Florida. Um, other than the last couple of days, the weather's usually pretty amazing. It's not too hot. It's not too humid. Fishing's getting fired up. I know you're gonna be tarpon fishing anytime now. Snook fishing's getting fired up. Inshore fishing's good. The bass fishing's good. I just all around a great time. Turkey season's going on right now. I mean, it's just a great time in the state. There are plenty of opportunities to get outside and enjoy the outdoors. And I just love it. I love springtime in the sunshine state. Have you got plans for, I I think we got two more weekends, two more weekends, two more weekends of turkey season. I I don't, uh, you know, my life is just kind of like by the seat of my pants. I don't, I don't really don't have too many things. So like, if I wake up Saturday and it's like, all right, the weather's going to be good. It's going to be conducive for turkey hunting. We might go turkey hunting. But then again, we might go fishing. Then again, we might just sit around and make barbecue all day. So plans are not something I do very well. <laughs> it's, the, it's the beauty of living in Florida. Yeah, you only do them like if you have a quota, right? Like if you no. have a quota for these weekends, you know that. Oh, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, if I have a quota, it's dedicated. That's what's going on. But, you know, even some days, you know, we we – hunt and we might just hunt for a couple hours and it's like all right we're gonna go fishing the rest of the day that's that's the beauty of where we live isn't it right it is it is the beautiful thing about florida springtime in florida do you like hot weather ah man i like it because it usually means the fishing is on fire that's really the only reason i would say i enjoy hot weather i love hot weather like i I can feel i have never I, I am the guy that will walk in after mowing the yard and be like, dude, it is freaking like the Sahara Desert right. of Africa hot out there. But generally speaking, I am I am pro hot weather. Like you just I think there's something about it. You'll you'll get where I'm going on this. There's something about I wake up, I throw my I throw my fishing shirt on, I put my sunscreen on, and I just know I'm gonna be in it. So oh, yeah. it doesn't bother me. Right. It's different. Like when I used to work in corporate America, it's different when you like walk from building A on a campus to building B on a campus and you're drenched in sweat and you're in like your khakis and you're right. buttoned down. Right. That's miserable. But if I'm going to be out in it, you like know, bring it gonna, on, dude. Yeah. Just bring I'm it on. You. Like I yeah. got a, I got an angle cooler full of, full of cold water and, and beverages and I can, I can survive whatever the heat can throw at me. I can jump overboard and get refreshed, but I just, I love the hot. So when you mentioned springtime, my favorite thing about springtime is like we got a little front that we're in when we're recording this. Right. Or or post front. Yeah. Which these by the way, these late fronts I think mess up fishing worse than any other that's, front that we have all year. Yes. For sure. I think they foul up fishing more than yes. anything else because I think the fish turn back on, they think it's summertime or springtime. Yeah. Yep. And then it when it hits them, it hits them hard. Right. But you I love it when you get that day and it's like 82, 84 but it's still clinging to spring. So it's not a hot 82 or 84. Right, it's not humid, but you can almost feel that it's coming. Oh yeah. Like, like that hint. It's just like in the fall. Like when you get that first, 
it's 78 degrees, but you get just that that hint of a drier air in oh, the yeah. 78 degrees. You're like, ooh, it's fall like is crisp. coming. Yeah, it's crisp. I like the I like the tease of the season almost more than the season itself when you get into yep. it. So I, but I I also I feel like I need to praise you because you had three segments that you could do and you did weather in all three, which I feel like. It's almost like we didn't even notice that Nate wasn't here because you you accomplished all that. I mean, I'm gonna uh, we're outdoorsmen, so so much of what I do is related to the weather. You know, I'm always checking it. Like, what's it gonna be tomorrow? What's it gonna be the next day? What's it gonna be next week when I'm off work on this day? So, and <laughs> like the, Saturday, we just kind of hung out with the family. We just because it was windy, you know. Can I tell you a crazy thing about me as an outdoorsman? You don't, don't watch the weather. the weather. I know. I get it. I don't look at the weather anymore because part of that I think is guiding. Like for ducks. You're going to go. <laughs> duck guiding broke me. And it broke right. me in the way that the only time I pay attention to the weather is if I'm going to be in big salt water running a diver hunt and a sure. front is coming through. Like I've been in some sketchy situations yeah, there yeah. that maybe I, I shouldn't have run. Um, so I have some thresholds. Like if it's 25 and the fetch is up or down wherever the body of water is I'm hunting, I'm not going. I'll, right. I'll cancel on that. But beyond that, I'm running and everything else. Yeah, I get what like you're I, saying. I've sat out there and we've ducked under trees and like it, I, I'm running. Like I we're duck it. hunting. It's yeah. ducks, dude. They're going to fly when they're going to fly. That's so right. You want to not kill them, stay home. Yeah, you got to go. That has translated over into my fishing life. Now, it does determine what I do, but my, my boat is big enough. My fishing boat is big enough. I'm an inshore guy. I'm not going offshore. Right. So the only time wind really screws me up when I'm fishing hard spring, summertime is when I want to tarpon fish. Right. Because if you get a good West wind, like it just gets too rough out there on the beach to, to tarpon fish. Like you could still do it. It's just not fun to me. Right. Like I, I like to be that. able to kind of sight fish. I like the, I like the low, slow rolls. Um, but I can go get behind a mangrove somewhere in 25 mile an hour wind yeah. and find fish and, and make it happen. Sure. So I just, I, it's bizarre to me. I'm not an, I'm not a super avid turkey hunter. I am a turkey hunter, but I'm not a, I'm not a diehard turkey hunter. Like some right. of you guys, <laughs> wind just doesn't phase me the way it used to. And in fact, I kind of enjoy it. The one thing I really hate about wind is when I'm fishing, I hate that high pitched braid. Oh yeah. That whistle squeal. <laughs> yeah. That drives me crazy, oh, and I can't does. ever stop hearing it. It, it drives me, me crazy. Too. I can hear it right now, and it makes me, like, cringy. I will so. lay the rods down in the boat while we fish, and then I will put them back up while we run, and I'll do that 100 times a day if I don't have to just sit there and listen oh, to those God. things whistle for two hours or however so long. So freaking loud. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right, Taylor Willis, tell everyone again where they can find you on social media and the name of your podcast. All right, so the name of the podcast is the Hunt Fish Florida Podcast. You can find us on Apple and Spotify. Um, our social media is Hunt Fish Florida on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can go find Taylor Willis on Facebook. You can find him in the Cast and Blast group. Yep. He's out there. You guys have there. a group that's similar in behavior to ours, yes. the Hunt Fish Florida group. You guys do a lot of a lot of uh, lighthearted stuff, but also there's some some. Uh, really cool outdoors photos and, and stories told out there as well. So um, yeah, I appreciate what you're doing, buddy. And I appreciate what you're doing. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for being here. Do you want to give the sign off um, that, that Nate so eloquently has written for us? Stay woke. Stay woke.